0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Would have resulted in a touchdown. As it is, it resulted in a flag, which gave them a first down. But she absolutely would have bought into the league once Mahomes in the Super Bowl. A thousand percent. I'm not sure how I would have countered the argument if she turned to me and said... Uh, and you don't believe in conspiracy theories? I don't know if I would an answer at that point.
2: I feel like the most courageous man in that entire day of football yesterday was that ref that threw a holding call after giving yeah. the Chiefs a replay third down.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't result in points, but no. it,
2: it basically resulted
3: in the Chiefs getting another possession, mm-hmm. and I'm sure every team would take another possession.
1: That was pretty—I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I got to tell you, when that happened, my first—they shut the play down? What are you, making this stuff up? Yeah. It does make you think, like, I mean, they don't. But you'd watch that and go, do they want Kansas City to win? There were a lot of penalties on Cincinnati. It was a a shoddy day, I thought.
3: Well, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to just know that home teams get calls. Yeah. First downs by penalty yesterday. Home teams, eight. Hmm. Road teams, one.
1: Well, uh, there were, weren't were there three on one drive against Cincinnati's defense, I that think?
3: That would have been all three then. Yeah. Philadelphia had five first downs via penalty. San Francisco got none. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you're the home team, you get calls. If Mahomes gets hit like that in Cincinnati, do they throw the flag at the end of the game? No way. You don't think so, huh? Nope. I, no thought they, I
1: would think they'd throw it because it's Mahomes. Nope. I mean, he fell to the ground and sold it. Oh, and as any good quarterback would. Yep. Josh does that from time to time. Josh sells hits out of bounds really
3: yep. well. These guys with such great body control, all of a sudden, you can tell. It's like they're falling down a mountain skiing. Their their arms go everywhere. (laughs) He can't control anything. That that doesn't get called in Cincinnati. No way. Hmm. Put it this way. If that's Burrow out of bounds on that play in Kansas City, do they throw the flag? Of course not.
1: No, huh?
3: All right. Home teams get – it doesn't even have to be a conspiracy. It's just, you know, there's a lot of uh, proof over the years that home teams get calls because the officials are in the building and –
1: you know, not surprised they threw the flag. You know, honestly, I, I maybe Burrow would have gotten it anyway, but I'm not surprised they threw it. He's, got, he's out of bounds, he's shoved, he slides into the bench. Yeah, he sold it as any quarterback should do on that play. I wasn't surprised. If I were a fan of the Bengals, I'd be really upset. I mean, it is a lousy way to lose a spot, potentially a spot in the Super Bowl, you know, and to have them in mean, that ball's at the 42, would have been a long way with eight kick. seconds left. Maybe they try one now, they, and they're out of timeouts. Maybe they try one short throw somehow to get out of bounds, but I'm not sure. I don't know what Andy Reid would have done at that point. Maybe he would have just tried a 60-yard field goal. But it's it's a lousy way to lose. But then again, I was rooting against the Bengals, so I was very happy the flag was thrown.
3: Yeah, I didn't. I, I still kind of don't know who I was rooting for. I was. I was, I was probably, all in on the
1: Chiefs when the game began. I always trust my gut. I was. I wanted uh, the
3: Chiefs. I was probably rooting for Cincinnati. Probably.
1: I would have. I really would have. Eight days prior, I would have. If you told me the Bills were going to lose to the Bengals, and I didn't know what happened in the game and all the, Even though Cincinnati's annoyance started with the ticket-selling thing, it went to a very high level when it was get your refunds, and then... You know, all the other stuff I could care less about Burrowhead, but I just didn't like, you know, Eli Apple and some of the stuff they said. I was absolutely all in on Kansas City and I wouldn't I wouldn't have been. I normally I rooted for the Bengals last year in the playoffs against Kansas City and I would have done it this year. I just didn't like any of the stuff that happened before and after the Bills game.
2: I feel like I did a pretty good job of just watching the game be like, All right, I'm not gonna really root for anybody. Just so gonna watch how great of the the Mahomes quality of football is here. Because
1: the first game was it was Woof.
2: disappointing. Right. But then uh, Andy Reid punted from inside the 40, and then I <laughs> went full Bengals at the end of that <laughs> game. Because holy cow, he did not deserve to win after that punt. Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I don't have much... I, I'm not mad about Cincinnati. The main reason I'm not mad about Cincinnati, and I, I understand why you are and why a lot of people are, you know, they're villains, right? Mm-hmm. But they're open about it. Yeah. And that, to me, that's everything I need. A, a villain that is sold as... You know, America's sweetheart, I can't stand that. That's Tom Brady. Yeah. He's a villain. Well, it's a phony story, that's why. Yes. The Chiefs are a villain. Yeah. And, you know, here's, I mean, even Kelsey after that game up there on the podium, you know, he's very, very popular for what he said, and if you want to stick it in the Bengals fans' eye, then he did it well. But all I felt was, wow, you finally got one to go your way, guys, huh? Yeah. Five consecutive AFC Championship games at home? Is it four or five? I don't five. even know. Five. Yeah. Five consecutive AFC Championship games at home. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Wow. Against all odds, you did it. You beat a team for the first time in four meetings yeah. at home by three. Who sa- Who didn't
1: believe in us? Like, Okay. They didn't play. Did they say that after the game? Nobody believed in us. I'm sure somebody I, I said turned it. Honestly, I turned it off. I don't even know which player it was. When they were doing the interview, CBS was talking to Mahomes. One of the Chiefs guys, I think a defensive player, came by talking about, give this man some respect. I'm like, you got to be freaking <laughs> right. kidding me. It's Patrick Mahomes. Did you not listen to Chris Collinsworth the, the week before? Give Mahomes. So if they did play the whole we don't get any respect card, I rooted for them by default. I'm not uh, a Chiefs fan. I w- again, I would have rooted for them to lose, but I had no choice. I just was really annoyed by the Bengals. And then, of course, the
3: I think what a lot of people did around here was Everything that played out, mm-hmm. re- relating it to the Bills. Yeah. Oof. What did it mean? You know, Cincinnati. Hey, look at that. Cincinnati took the opening coin toss and didn't score. Yeah. You know, around here you've got a select group of fans who think the Bills should never have given them the ball first because that's what Cincinnati wants. Well, Cincinnati st- or Kansas City stopped them on the first drive. Right. So the Bills could have done that. Oh,
1: I didn't have a problem with that. They. I, I did have a problem with the defensive line sacking I mean, they Joe were Burrow. All over they were, Joe Burrow all day. You, all day. You couldn't help but notice, I mean, there were a number of things you would notice and said, huh, the Bills couldn't do that. Now, the Bills don't have Chris Jones. That's right. Ed Oliver's supposed to be that guy, but he's not. You couldn't help but notice them dominating the Bengals offensive line. They dominated the line. They shut down the run. They frustrated Burrow. They got pressure. They got takeaways. They got sacks. I mean, and they put together. They must have done a really good job with their defensive game plan because Burrow was holding on to the ball. He wasn't getting it out fast all the time like he did against the Bills. So I, I think the Bengals coaches or excuse me, the, the Chiefs coaches you couldn't help but notice how their defense was worlds better than the Bills against Joe Burrow.
3: Yep. They had a um... Better plan they played a lot of press man coverage. they had a better plan, better results, held Burrow and Company the 20 points, you know, like right, watching that game and thinking about how the bills defended the Bengals and how unprepared they were. I started thinking about that, you know the whole they ran out of gas thing, which is probably there's truth I, I'm to sure that.
1: there's an element, but I still I can't, I can't just 100 percent hang a loss on they ran no. out of gas because they had enough gas the week prior to beat Miami.
3: I'm going to nosebleed out of nowhere. How about this?
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't nosebleed. even touch you.
3: I'm like 11 from Stranger Things, <laughs> so I'm going to get a napkin real quick.
1: Yeah. Right. So, no, I, I – and I, so I think that was a big – you couldn't help but notice their pressure. I mean, they get, what, three sacks in the first quarter? It happened really fast. They're coming on back-to-back drives. How many times did you watch Burrow yesterday? The, The week before, balls out, balls out, balls out, right? And how many times did you watch him yesterday? He has to step up. He's got to move around. The sacks are coming. They're not necessarily – Guys cleanly beat, boom, a sack in two seconds. The sack is coming, I think, in part, Joe, because their coverage must have been pretty good because Burrow was holding on to the ball.
2: I think it was different, too. I was noticing every play, maybe it wasn't every play, but a lot of plays... The Chiefs were lining up right on top of those receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, press right at the line of scrimmage. I don't know what they were covering.
1: As opposed to the Bills on third and four inside the red zone and Trey White backing exactly. up eight
2: yards on Jamar Chase. Like, holy cow, like, you're just inviting that quick pass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not even giving your pass rush an opportunity to get there when you're giving them that much cushion. Because why wouldn't I just take these free five yards? Where the Chiefs were not giving them those free five yards. I don't know if they're, they're playing men once they were, you know, going through their routes. But... They, they were ma- forcing the Bengals to say, okay, you hold on to the ball and throw it down the field. And that was dangerous, right? Because yep. if the protection was there, well, now you, got, now you got trouble, right? Because now when you press at the line, someone's getting open down the field. Higgins or Boyd or, or Chase, like someone's getting open down the field. But how often was he able to hold on to the ball for, for ena- enough seconds to get, right. for that to happen? Right.
1: So I think you, you know the way that game played out with the pressure they got, and not again, they got sacks. I mean, they got five, but there were pressures too. Chris Jones himself, all by himself, had six pressures. Yeah. There were other throws that were made under duress because a guy was in Burrow's face, or he felt pressure coming from the sides. That's what I thought the Bills' defensive line was going to do to Cincinnati's backups, and it never materialized.
2: Well, I like I do think there were game plan things that were different, just right there, like the the pressing of corners on the che- on the Bengals receivers. But one big difference was. The Chiefs had their Von Miller. I mean Chris yeah, Jones was, he was the a beast. He was the closer right. on that night. Like everything that we the Bills would have hoped Von Miller could do in a game against an opponent like that, Chris Jones did that last night, and the Bills did not have that player last week.
1: And to me also you flip it around, it's Mahomes. Okay, so it's not a surprise, but the guy who plays quarterback here ain't no slouch. They didn't look confused and befuddled by whatever Cincinnati and Lou Anaruma were throwing at him, right? because Mahomes ends up with 326 yards and a couple of touchdowns, not 100%. But, you know, the Bills' offense looked completely befuddled. Kansas City was fine. Mike Mike Hilton, they did the corner blitzes like they did against the Bills. Didn't have any impact against Kansas City last night. It's Andy Reid, right? It's Andy Reid calling plays, and it's Andy Reid's offense. So I thought, to Kansas City's credit, the things you notice that the Bills couldn't do on both sides of the ball, Kansas City was able to do last night.
3: And neither team ran it well? No. Nobody no. ran it well the whole weekend.
1: Not one
3: team ran the ball effectively. Yeah, The Eagles are getting a lot of credit today for running. Wow, look at that line, how they bullied them. They ran 44 times for 148 yards.
1: Yeah, that's like, not that's a not, great yard. Not for scary. nothing. No.
3: Both teams ran poorly. Cincinnati and uh, Kansas City, nobody even tried to run the ball.
1: No, I mean I think at some point I don't I didn't see what the final numbers were. At some point in the second half it was a 3 to 1 pass to run ratio for the Chiefs. Yeah. They were just with a gimpy quarterback. They were just saying, "Hey, you know, we live and die with Patrick Mahomes." And and not only that, Jeremy, but how about this? With a gimpy quarterback and as the game goes on, to Kansas City's credit, they win despite receivers going down like flies, right? Tony goes down. I forget the exact order, but Tony went down, Smith-Schuster went down, Hardman went down. Mm. They're getting to a point where they had to play multiple tight ends because they didn't have any receivers left to play. And they still had a good game, good enough offensively to win the game, even though... And they And by the way, my point is they didn't just go and say, all right, we're going to play multiple tight ends and we're going to run Pacheco. <laughs> the Niners had no choice but to run the ball when, not, when their quarterback couldn't throw, which is a different story for a different segment. But yeah, I, who cares? Like the Chiefs knew, how are we going to win? Mahomes is throwing the ball, and he made some plays out of the pocket, right? It wasn't vintage Mahomes, but he did make some throws on the run. There were plays where he had to get out to the edge, mostly to his right, although I think there was one to his left. He made a successful play, and he was able to complete enough passes to move his team downfield and get him in position to score.
2: He, With that ankle injury, I saw last night, he completed all, where was it, outside of the tackle box, he completed every pass he threw. Wow. I mean, it was only six for six. Still, but
1: whatever. He made those plays. Yeah, on on a ankle that wasn't a hundred percent. They thankfully they didn't go overboard and play this up like the shilling bloody sock. <laughs> but um, I mean, there were there were plays. There were moments you saw he was kind of gimpy and he was moving around a little slowly after certain plays. But Mahomes is still Mahomes. He played really well yesterday. So yeah. Anyway, you know whether it was off Casey's offense or Casey's defense, it sure looked like their plan was a heck of a lot better than what the Bills dreamed up against the Bengals. Yeah.
3: They were, they were more well-coached?
1: Yeah. Both sides? Yeah, yeah. I think that's absolutely 100% fair. Not surprised Andy Reid would do better than the Bills' offensive staff, Dorsey and company. But, you know, Lizzie Frazier and Sean McDermott didn't exactly have a good plan, or their defense didn't do what Spagnolo's defense did yesterday, and I thought that was eye-opening. All of a sudden, they're talking. Here's Romo and Nance talking about how the injury-depleted offensive line of hurting the Bengals. It was supposed to seven days prior, and it never did. So full marks to Kansas City for taking advantage of that.
3: Are we just doomed to not enjoy the Super Bowl for a couple of years? because yeah, Brady's not in it. Yeah. At least Brady's not in it. I don't know who I think is going to win this game.
1: Probably the Chiefs.
2: The line moved very quickly. It opened at one for Philly, and then like within an hour, it was two and a half.
1: Hmm. Wasn't overly impressed with Philly. No, nope. they were playing in a, a very good defense yesterday, right? The toughest defense they're going to face in their playoff run. But um, the Eagles didn't look that great after the first drive. Went right downfield and scored, and after that, it was a struggle for them. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the game—you knew the, the game was over with when San Francisco gets to Josh Johnson, and then when he's injured, and Purdy has to come in and literally can't throw the ball. I think he threw one screen pass behind the line of scrimmage, and that might have been the only pass he attempted after he re-entered the game. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I would probably probably pick Kansas City, but I'm going to need a little more time to ruminate. Is that right? Ruminate? Sure. Think it over. you got almost two weeks. Not sure even who I would root for in this game. I'm not particularly fond of Philadelphia, having grown up in uh, New York, New York and Philly. We don't k- kind of care for each other. Nope. So i got to figure out who I'm going to pull for in this game.
3: One other thing that happened in this game, if you want to relate it to the Bills, I mean, you mentioned the Reed punt. Andy Reid had a bad punt. Other than that oh, bad punt, question about that. Go ahead. There were a the lot point. of aggressive plays. Yes, I wanted to ask you. this. There were go for it moments. There's a fourth and six. The Bills That's had four, exactly what I want to ask. The Bills had fourth and two down two scores. Yeah, and didn't go for it. And L- the, the the Bengals had fourth and six down one score. Start
1: of the fourth quarter, right? They're stopped on third down. They go to break. I thought for sure Zach Taylor was going to punt. They come out of the break. First player of the fourth quarter. The Bengals are down. You're going to be Sean McDermott. Joe, you guys can be the Bills. They're down 20-13, 4th and six at the Chiefs, 41 to start the fourth quarter. Would the Bills have gone for it? I don't know.
3: They didn't I, go for 4th and ten. I think he would
1: have punted there. Because well, I, I thought Taylor was going to punt. When they came out of the break and they said, hey, the, the offense is still out on the field. I thought, wow, okay, I really thought he would do a whole pin him down. You know, we'll play defense, we'll get the ball back. I think I think McDermott would have punted there and pin, tried to pin him down and get the ball back.
3: I think that's probably right. Because there's there, both teams had the ball with a chance to score late. Um, I'm talking about the Bills in their game against the Bengals and then the Bengals in their game against the Chiefs. right? The team that's trailing at halftime is trying to get points on the board. And I was thinking about how, how many people have said that once the Bills went down 14 nothing, the game was over. Which, of course, is not true. The Bills were down seven with the ball and a chance to do some. I'm sorry, they were down 10. 17-7 mm-hmm. with the ball, and they punted and didn't score before half. Yeah, the Bengals were down thirteen to three with the ball, and the game wasn't over. They got their field goal. They got a touchdown later. They tied it. Yep. Yeah, so maybe I was I was on an unhealthy level thinking about what the Bills would do in every single spot. Would the Bills punt here? Would the Bills go for it?
1: There were multiple aggressive plays. Going for fourth downs. How about the Chiefs in the second quarter, right? Fourth and one at the Bengals fourteen in a six to three game. And they go for it. They bring out the big people, right? They bring out the jumbo package, but they, they don't line everybody in tight. They put the jumbo package out, trips right, I think, and they threw the touch right. They threw the touchdown to Kelsey. So A, they, see there, fourth and one at the fourteen. I think McDermott would go for that. Even he's at the very least, he's got his massive quarterback. But I don't I, know. Last think couple years gone
3: for that. Last couple of years in that spot, he has kicked that field goal. All
1: right. Well, then full, against full marks to Kansas, Kansas City. City for going for it and the play design too. It wasn't just let's just sneak Mahomes and or run Pacheco. It was, we're going to bring in the jumbo guys, but put him out wide and we're throwing the ball.
3: And in that spot, the Chiefs are already leading. Yep, six so three. If the Bills are leading, are they more likely to kick it? These are it's all fair questions about whether or not the Bills and you know Sean McDermott decide to just kind of rein things in in those big moments, in those yeah. big games.
1: Yeah. Well, he does has coached differently in the last three playoff years. Yep. In, in the In the ultimate elimination game, all three times, you can find moments where you go, "That's a little too conservative for my liking." It's a, it's all of a sudden some philosophy changes. So I I feel like he would have gone for it at fourth and one. I don't know, but I think he would have. But I bet you he would have punted at fourth and six. Said, let me get him inside the 10. I know it's Mahomes, but let me get him inside the 10. We'll get get a stop. We'll get the ball back. We get good field position. Yada, yada, yada.
3: And then there's a question that came to me on Twitter about, so the fourth and six for the Bengals, they throw to Chase mm-hmm. in double coverage. Would the Bills just throw that to Diggs? No, right? Yeah, that's a or good question, too. Would, would, would Allen go to Gabe Davis instead because he mm-hmm. singled up one-on-one? Like throw into your best player on fourth down, even when he's double covered. That's what the Chiefs did. It's what the Bengals did. They threw to Kelsey on that play. These teams right. that finished ahead of the Bills, when the chips are down and they need a play, they just, the plan is just throw it to the best player. And it works. Yeah. And the Bills, I don't know, they get away from Diggs too often.
1: Yeah, I think they do. And I think that was ultimately that was part of Diggs' frustration, you know, all the stuff that happened in the final game against the Bengals. And I, I think. This isn't rocket science. I think we can absolutely overthink football from time to time. Why not get the ball in the hands of your best player? You know, the pass to Chase was, hey, that's my best guy, and they're going to they've got him double covered, but you know what? I'm going to put the ball out there and let my best guy try and make a play for me. And he does. So, I don't yeah, I don't think I think the Bills, among the things the Bills did incorrectly at the end of the season, was get away from their best guy. Give him a shot at the ball and let him make a play and they yes. Um, Cincinnati did that. Smart play. Hey, another thing, too, by the way, give credit to uh, Kansas City and their defense. Hayden Hurst didn't have a field day. He had a big game against the Bills. Hurst was kind of quiet yesterday. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I think Higgins ends up being their leading receiver. Yeah, six for 83 and a touchdown. Yeah, and Hurst was, you know, just had a handful of catches. Did not have the day that, you know, he had against the Bills. And the Chiefs didn't seem to have the breakdowns in coverage and the issues defensively that the Bills had against the Bengals. So yeah, I thought I thought Kansas City had a really good game plan on both sides of the ball, and I thought their defense played better than I thought they would have against Cincinnati yesterday. I didn't think they would frustrate Burrow as much as they did in the first half. What what did he have at halftime? Three points, six points, whatever the heck he had? I mean he was thirteen six, yeah. Thirteen six. I mean, that's fantastic defense. So that was surprising to me. But whatever it was, um, at least it was a good game. Dramatic, yeah. you know. It was close as a, the first game. First game was so. First bad. game was such a dog. You just wanted to have running clock and push the kick time up of the Chiefs Bengals games. You didn't have to wait till six thirty.
3: They had a review about whether or not it hit the wire. A punt hit it the was, wire. That it was, was a, a that was a great weird, moment in NFL
1: history. Yeah, there was some weird stuff going on yesterday. That the the shutdown of the play in the Bengals Chiefs game and the non challenge. Why didn't re- replay catch the Devontae Smith non catch? There was a, it's kind of an uneven day in terms of penalties and how the game was officiated and some of the explanations and yeah it was kind of funky, and I think the punt did hit the camera by the way, but since there was no evidence, yes we had a shutdown to review whether a punt hit a camera wire yesterday. It's too bad that game was a dog. You know I I don't I didn't think it was going to be a high scoring affair anyway because both defenses were that good. But when Purdy went out and Josh Johnson came in, I mean, what? You're screwed. And when Purdy came back and you could tell he can't throw. They li- he literally couldn't throw. It was how many different ways can we design a running play to make them think we might actually throw the ball even though we're going to run it every play? I mean, they're doing end-arounds and reverses and going backwards. It was just it was hard to watch. I mean, the game was decided by that point anyway, but felt bad for the Niners because their offense was basically limited. Their offense got to a point where you had to run the ball and Philadelphia knew it. And that game that game just never amounted to anything. The notable thing from that game was the non challenge on the Devontae Smith catch on the first touchdown drive. It went downhill after that. Yeah. Ian
3: okay. Ian Rapports tweeted out the pool report conversation between the reporters and then the official about like how the play that was yeah. wa- waved off and is it worth reading <laughs> this is you're talking about the, the officials shutdown the play? shutdown play yeah i saw the explanation okay. go ahead
1: yeah no it's the, the clock the clock ran after a second down in completion it wasn't supposed to so the guy way in the back is blowing the whistle nobody heard him no so the rule says when that happens you're supposed to shut the play down reset the clock and do it they did they followed the rule Oh yeah, but just you couldn't hear the guy who was trying to run in from way back behind the play to shut the play down. It, but it, it's it's a bad look for the NFL because it does look like looks like something we did as kids and we were playing touch football and the play didn't work out. We create some kind of rule to get another play to beat the kids we're playing against. That's what it looked like. Eight oh three oh five fifty two. Join us, football fans, this morning. We could talk about. Well, it's probably not a lot to talk about from the the uh, Eagles Niners game so we can talk about the Chiefs-Bengals game with you and get your thoughts on what you saw yesterday in Kansas City. You want to? we got two weeks to talk about the Super Bowl. If you want to talk about that, we can get into KC in Philadelphia. And uh, we'll get to some Sabres, too. The Sabres are, you wake up this morning, Sabre fans, and your team is one point out of a wild-card playoff spot. 803-0550 to join us this morning. On the show today, Paul Hamilton's going to join us a little bit later at 8 o'clock. We're also going to... Um, Start talking to uh, – we're doing our off-season uh, Bills opponent previews. What's going on, what the off-season entails, what the roster needs, all this neat stuff. We're starting in the division. Jets making news with Nathaniel Hackett and maybe trading for a veteran quarterback. So we'll talk about the Jets off-season at 9 with uh, Brian Costello from the New York Post. That gives you plenty of time to join us, too. Phone lines are open. 803-0550 here on this Monday morning on- WGR.
5: Like I said it was great knowing that I had my, the support of my teammates, and um, I just gotta, I gotta, like Sam was saying, I gotta learn from experience, and I gotta know not to, not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If, if there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I gotta do better.
1: That is Bengals linebacker Joseph Asai. He's the guy who got flagged for shoving Patrick Mahomes out of bounds on the big play at the end of the game that resulted in a 15-yard penalty and made it a very makeable game-winning field goal for Harrison Butker uh, from the Chiefs, 28. So, yeah, Mahomes, yeah, 27, 28, was, uh, they, he was out of bounds around the 42, 43. So they tacked on the 15, and that made it easy for Andy Reid to just say, screw it, we have no timeouts left, let's bring out the field goal team now. They did it, they won it. 803 0550 to join us. We are talking about the conference championship games with you. We got lines open if you want to join us.
3: How about that T. Higgins, huh? He's good.
1: Yeah, he's not bad.
3: He's really good. Had a nice
1: touchdown grab.
3: He did. And <clears throat> Chase had a nice grab. The Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow's great. I don't have any anything bad to say about Joe Burrow. I like him just fine. I think his personality is cool for the league. You know, the million nicknames, the outfits, the, he's great. Hmm. That was a game where his receivers did it for him. Chase and Higgins both came up with big catch after Mm -hmm. big catch, even though they ultimately lose. But that's one where, hey, look, throw it to the guy that wins those contested catches. Throw it to the guy that does. Boyd had a bunch of big catches early
1: in the game. Yeah, and then then he got hurt.
3: and And it made me think about, you know, for anybody that wants the offensive line overhauled and thinks line over receivers, I think, you know, there's a point to be made there. But did you notice in that game what Cincinnati did when Kansas City was getting so much pressure, the Bengals kept two backs in to protect. And one of the reasons they're able to do that is because their receivers are so good. Mm-hmm. They right, don't have to worry about five receivers out here and flood everything and somebody's going to be open, go through your progressions. They can have two backs stay in and protect and Chase or Higgins or Boyd, somebody is gonna get free because they're that good. Right. It's another reason the Bills should really be, of course, looking for a weapon on the outside to help Josh Allen because all right, hey, they're getting to Allen. Keep somebody in. They can't cover Chase and Higgins
1: for too long. Yeah, if you got a max protect, you kinda of still like your odds, right? Of the yeah. three guys that are running the route or whatever you're gonna do, and those guys both made plays. Look, the Higgins touchdown was a nice it was a nice throw. And a nice catch. He, he used his height advantage. It wasn't terrible coverage, but he used his height advantage and high-pointed the ball. And, and we talked about the big throw down the middle to Chase uh, on the fourth down play was double-covered. I mean, there was safety help over there, and the quarterback just said, I'm going to put the ball in the air, and here's my number 1 receiver. You go make a play, which is what we've seen Josh Allen do uh, with Stefan Diggs and needed to do a little bit more at the end of the season. We'll get connected with our fans. Uh, Your main takeaways from the games yesterday, you can let us know what uh, you grabbed from it. And, uh, you know, obviously focusing on Cincinnati, Kansas City, since those are the teams the Bills have to beat out next year. Brendan in Miami, you're on WGR. Go right ahead.
5: Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about McDermott getting really conservative and, in some of these games that the Bills lose. And I, I just think one thing that has to be taken into account is, you know, if you, if you go for it on fourth down, when it's obvious to you as the coach that your team is getting out physical and pushed around, you know, you're, you're taking a huge risk going for that fourth down compared to going for a fourth down when just maybe, you know, something unfortunate happens, you know, like, like a receiver bobbles a ball or, or a running back slips on a play. But, but, you know, you feel like, all right, our team's moving. Our, our line's pushing their line. Like, I feel good about this. But, um, you know, in, in, these, in these games that, you know, some people are saying McDermott's getting too conservative – I think, you know, it's also important to look at well, how were the Bills playing in those games? And and when he decided to punt the ball, uh, you know, what what was the kind of demeanor of the team? Were were they out there playing confidently and pushing the other team around or were they getting pushed around? Because again, if uh if you go for a fourth down when you're getting pushed around and beat up, I mean, and you don't get it. Like, the game could be over right then and there.
3: What do you expect um, if you punt it? What's, what's how is it going to be different if you punt? Aren't you going to still be? So, you're hoping what?
5: You're hoping to ex, you're hoping to extend the game a little bit so someone on your defense can maybe make a play. Yeah, but That's that wasn't happening either. You're hoping to get a little bit better field position so somebody can make a play. You're trying to buy yourself a little bit of time to get something going.
3: Yeah, but but, that, but that's the opposite of what happens. You never buy yourself time. You start running out of time.
5: No, I mean, someone on defense could force a fumble. Someone could make a sack. What's more likely to happen, Brendan? Brendan, what's
3: more likely to happen? Your offense gets two yards or your defense forces a fumble?
5: Well, in, in the Cincinnati game... I would say it would have been really tough for us to get those two, two yards.
3: yards. I mean, the Bills did average more than two yards per play against Cincinnati.
5: Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. It's not, you know, it's not an easy decision. It's not black and white. I'm just saying it's something that, you know, the coach has to take into account, he, how, like how the team is playing at that moment.
3: He kind of doesn't. And in fact, what he should take into account is what's most likely to get me back into a game that I'm not in. And in the case of the Bills, it's going for that fourth down. You know, Which one? Fourth and two or fourth and ten? Because extending a game and keeping a game longer and giving up possession, that's what, that's what Cincinnati... Put it this way. Every time the Bills punted it, Cincinnati said thank you. That's what we'd like you to do.
5: No, for sure. No one made a play on either side of the ball in that game. So, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I could see even if you went for it on fourth down and even if you got it, they're still going to beat us by a bunch in that game. Maybe,
3: maybe Maybe, not. Maybe the Bills get points at the end of the first half and, you know, it's 17-14 if they go for the fourth and ten. Maybe a flag's thrown for, you know, let something happen. Maybe a flag's thrown for holding in the secondary. Meanwhile, I I hear birds chirping.
1: Can you? It's Brian Coles.
3: Brendan, can you confirm the existence of the Sun for us? Because we haven't seen it in about a month. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yes, the, the sun does exist wow. in, uh parts of uh, the country. And the bird, the bird uh, down here, nice. fortunately, is one of them. All right. the, the
1: bird stripping was nice. It kind of makes us feel warm. So thank you for that. But uh, also All right, to, guys, Thank you. Yeah, Brendan, so I think there are multiple things in play here, too. I think you know, with your discussion of fourth down, no, the offense wasn't really playing well against Cincinnati, but neither was the defense. You know, like the one... The fourth down, where would it have been? Like around the Cincy forty or forty-five or something like that. The
3: Cincinnati forty-one yard line, and
1: he punts. And he said in part, "Like if I don't get it there, he was basically worried if he didn't get it there. You know why? Because his defense wasn't stopping Cincinnati, and you're giving him the ball at the forty-yard line. So you're it's it's a little bit of damned if you were damned if you don't. But if you go for it, you get it. Maybe you get some juice off that. Maybe you know maybe that does open things up for your offense. And I, I think the larger you also have to take into account who you're playing, right? These critical decisions that we're talking about in the last three elimination games, Kansas City, Kansas City, Cincinnati, elite-level quarterbacks, elite-level offenses, that's when you have to get points. You ha- you, why would you want to willingly give the ball to that other offense if you have a chance to keep it with your franchise quarterback on the field? I think that's part of the discussion, and I think the larger issue is these As we go deeper into the playoffs and the games become more pressure-packed, we look at some of the decisions and go, boy, he is not rising to the occasion and making smart in-game decisions as you get closer and closer to trying to get to the Super Bowl. I think that's worrisome for a lot of Bills fans, too. You know, the,
3: the phrase that's often uttered is playing not to lose. Right. Which it, sometimes works. I mean, Andy Reid played not to lose last night, and his defense did make a stop. Yeah. It was not a good punt. But sometimes you make a bad punt, and you win anyway. And, you know, the whole how's the game going, you're losing. If you're someone that thinks, well, how's the game going, why is it going to change when you punt the ball away? You're willing to say your defense can make a play, but your offense can't? I mean, it's a league where the offense makes a lot more plays than defenses do. The idea of getting a turnover from Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes in these games, like, that's tough. You want to do the whole who are we playing? Maybe teams should punt to the Bills because the Bills – I mean, I'm not trying to take a shot at Josh Allen here. He did lead the league in turnovers mm-hmm. when you go to interceptions and fumbles. The Bills might be an offense that you could make a defensive play against, but Cincinnati and Kansas City, I mean, Mahomes threw about as many interceptions. I'm not sure about his fumble, fumble numbers. But, no, like, all this has been played out. The Bills have six analytics staffers, I think. I think they lead the league. They? Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a stack going around that the final eight teams that were around, maybe the final five when Bills-Bengals was the last game to go, that all these teams are pretty good with analytics that can be the eagles who go for it a lot or the chiefs who are generally pretty good with it the bills the bills and this is a part of your point there was not one play this year i'm pretty sure that it finished out the year like this where they kicked it away when they lost one point of win percentage one full point they're very good at hey this is a full point of win percentage okay then go for it and then against Cincinnati, one of those plays cost them two points of win percentage. So it was twice as bad as no call they ever made during the regular season. Yeah. So they do change their stripes in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and that's not good. And, and it has not been a change for the better for the Bills in the last three playoff years. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. What were your main takeaways from Conference Championship Sunday in the National Football League? You can share your thoughts on that. Anything else in your mind, oh. you can join us as well. Let me give you one takeaway. I'm done with Romo. You don't like him anymore? No. Wow, really?
3: Yeah, it's not good. I, everything Once it's pointed out to you, the things that he does, yeah, it's, it's not good. He hmm. does not add to the broadcast anymore.
2: He does just kind of yell Jim after every All great All the time. Play. <laughs> I mean, it.
3: yesterday's broadcast was him yelling Jim and Gene Sterator might as well have been the play-by-play guy. Gene hmm. Sterator was on the broadcast more than anybody.
1: Yeah, well, that's not exactly a good
3: thing. No. What do you think, Gene? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Jim, what are you talking about? Yes, yes, Jim. That was a gain of four. Like (laughs) every single thing. What you see, Gene? It's it's almost like Nance can't see the game and needs Gene Steratore
1: to explain it to him. Either that, or they've told they've been told the guys in the booth for the conference championship game work him in as many times as humanly possible. Man, anything close? Say, hey, Gene. What'd you think of that play? I mean, that's why he's
3: no other sport does that. Feels the need to explain every single rule and every single play.
1: Well, it you know, I'm not sure any other sport has the convoluted rulebook the National Football That's true. League
3: has. But no, I'm I'm officially a You're done with Romo. Yeah, he's it he does not add to the broadcast. Hmm. He has changed significantly what he was at the start. Now he just he kind of doesn't try. He just shows up and says, "Ooh."
1: He's he's yeah. like uh, he's like the Chargers coach. He did he's, he's he has regressed he's from changed. the guy he used to be. I yeah, know. he's changed. I, hmm. I, I don't Is, think
2: it's, yeah. Do we think that's because he's far enough out of the game now that he doesn't know what's happening as much as he used to? Quite possible. Like, that probably started happening with all these guys at some point. Aikman, just or, like, they don't even get the game Or did anymore.
1: they tell him something? I mean, he was always more aggressive, trying to predict plays or explain things or what, you know, why that was a bad idea by the quarterback or in it. Maybe they got to him and said, dial it back a little bit. Uh, I mean, they're tr- and they wanted to the be thing, more the, con- the traditional NFL analyst, which is. Well, kind he's of, definitely not that kind of
3: milk toast. He, he, he's not the traditional analyst. He's the person that you're sitting next to that you want to quiet
1: down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, we're trying to watch a oh, game he, here. He's a little too rambunctious for you. I got gotcha. you. Hey, uh, grab a line. Join us eight zero three zero five fifty. We'll talk football with you this morning here on WGR.
3: They hurts. Runs out of the pocket, looking for a deep, Devontae Smith. One-hander It's the end. He's got it. Two biggest catches of the day, as you watch the whole weekend, were the two biggest catches of the day from number two receivers, Devontae Smith and T. Higgins. Smith, a tenth overall pick. Higgins, 33rd overall, mm-hmm. first pick of the second round. So if you are someone that was, or that is, Heavy on the bills, drafting a stud receiver to have basically two number ones. That is Philadelphia, and that is Cincinnati. At least those teams have two number ones. Smith is targeted as often as AJ Brown is, mm-hmm. and he makes a big catch, and Higgins makes a big catch. So, if you are a wide receiver centric right now in your off season, I think that the those two those two catches, even though Devonta Smith didn't really catch his, um, <laughs> would have pushed you a little more. You know.
1: Wide receiver first, offensive line second, and then whatever else is on the list. We'll get to it's third, fourth, and fifth. But I think those have to be the top two priorities in the offseason. Let's go. Yeah, we'll get connected with our fans. We'll go to David in Cleveland. You're on WGR. Go right ahead.
4: Thank hey, you, morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, um, a couple of quick points, and then sort of a humorous one in the post game interviews after the Chiefs won. Um, first off, the biggest. Thing that I noticed in the game was the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you had a quarterback who was willing his team to victory with one leg, and seemed to be running far less for his life than Josh Allen was against the Bengals. Um, I don't know if that's. A, I think that's a, uh, a portion of that is scheming, understanding what your quarterback limitations are and what the defense is trying to do, and again, allowing, creating plays to scheme your 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 playmakers open. The second point um, is Chris Jones. I mean unbelievable performance um the Bills unfortunately don't have anybody of that caliber but I do want to make one point if you looked at the field conditions um he was able to get a push and get traction it seemed like in that Cincinnati game Bills played the players everybody offense and defense was running around on skates um you know not an excuse but just an observation and the final point is um in the post-game interviews I don't know if you noticed that Mahomes made a couple of digs at Cincinnati, and I thought it was kind of humorous. The first was, you know, the uh, one of the defensive players, I think Hilton for the uh, Chiefs or for the uh, Bengals, renamed uh, Arrowhead as Burrowhead, and he made a point to say that this is now Arrowhead. And then the other piece that he, other comment he made, which I thought was humorous, that "We're going to be ready for that Super Bowl, but we don't have any cigars in the locker room." Anyway, I'll hang up and see what you guys' thoughts are.
1: They don't have Chris Jones. Um, I was I was expecting though a big game from Ed Oliver, you know. And I, I whatever footing. I mean, Cincinnati got pressure on Josh Allen, and they were able to do some stuff uh, against Allen that the Bills were not able to do against Joe Burrow. So I thought Ed Oliver was disappointing in that game. He's not Chris Jones. But he's the Bills' version of that guy inside, and I thought he, it was really disappointing against backup interior offensive line, at least the right guard, and he really was a non-factor in the well, game. The
3: Bills didn't have DaQuan Jones in that game, of that course. hurt their running
1: defense big. You
3: know, big DaQuan Jones was tweeting about McDermott yesterday. A couple of fans were talking about McDermott, and DaQuan Jones came to McDermott's defense and basically tweeted, "You know, hey, emotions are high. Let, let's, let's let it sit for a minute." Hmm. Um, you know, with with this Bills' defensive line. There's no doubt it was a disappointing end of oh, yeah. the season. Yeah. How was the season as a whole for the defensive line? It
1: was good when Von Miller was playing. It
3: was very good when Vaughn was playing and Jordan Phillips was injured a lot of the year too. Yeah. And here Daquan Jones misses the playoff game. Part of what is is tough is I think you'd get a lot of Bills fans to say, yeah, the defensive line really you need more from them. Okay, so then should we spend some draft assets there? No.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> it's already yeah, been right. so much. Can I I be one of those in that group, please? You know, can we? I really don't want to talk about prioritizing defensive end over offensive help this offseason. And since it sounds like they're not going to be a big player in free agency, there are trades you can make. I would prioritize the offensive side of the ball in the draft. I thought, you know, to McDermott and everything, you know, honestly, you can't, you can't not watch that game and think at least two things. The larger the bigger picture pic, picture issue is, Kansas City's coaching staff did a hell of a lot better in their plan against Cincinnati than the Bills coaches did. You can't you can't miss that. And then you can throw in their D-line did to the Bengals. Why didn't the Bills defensive line do that? You know, it's not like they still had I mean Von Miller's a huge loss. I get it. Okay? Anybody else? Rousseau? Shaq? Settle? Oliver? Who am I Anybody? Nothing. I mean, they got almost nothing out of their their defensive line, and the Chiefs dominated that matchup. You can't miss that. And yeah, McDermott coached conservatively on at least three different occasions in that game against the Bengals. His decisions, I thought, were highly suspect in that game. So you can't, you know, whatever. Right? I'm not surprised Daquan Jones comes to the aid of his head coach. You should. You play for the guy. I'm sure he likes playing for him. But let's face it, those jumped out off the screen yesterday as you were watching Cincinnati, Kansas City. You know, their coaches were more aggressive than McDermott was in terms of decision-making. Zach Taylor was. And the Chiefs came up with a great game plan yesterday to frustrate, frustrate Joe Burrow to shut down Joe Mixon and, you know, put themselves in position to win the game. They dominated the matchup up front. The Bills didn't.
3: Chiefs and Eagles, do you know where they rank 1 and 2? A lot of stats in football, right? A million stats. We could do every version of it. You could... Turnover differential, third down efficiency, red zone. I mean, football is just loaded with stats. But I've got one where they are number one and number two. Answer is explosive pass plays. Chiefs one, Eagles two.
1: Where are the Bills on that list? The
3: Bills are middle of the pack. Yeah. They didn't really have
1: teams to finish with more. Second half of the season didn't have a lot of explosive pass plays.
3: More explosive pass plays than the Bills. Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, Raiders, Lions, Patriots. 49ers, Patriots? Jaguars, Texans, Broncos, Packers, Bengals.
2: Patriots, Patriots. Is tough.
3: Broncos? That's tough. Broncos is on that list. Patriots have fifty seven. Patriots the
2: Bill- the- cannot have more explosive wow. pass plays than the Bills. Bills
3: had fifty one.
1: I would have guessed the Bills were still at least in the top ten.
3: Nope. That's not a there's
1: some teams you shouldn't be behind on in that list. Wouldn't be surprised by Miami being in front of them. How about being behind the Broncos? That's what I said. It's Patriots Yikes. grabbed me, but then I think we lost. We yeah. kind of missed you sneaking the Broncos in that list. How about, the, how about the,
3: the Texans. <laughs> Behind the Texans. Now, the Texans, you know, garbage yards, maybe some of those. Okay. But Chiefs won, Eagles two.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll get a break. If you're on hold, hang on. We've got more of your calls coming up. We're talking about the conference championship games from yesterday. 803 05 After watching the Bills Bengals, or excuse me, Bengals Chiefs, what were your thoughts about that game and reflecting back on the Bills game against Cincinnati as well? Anything else you want to get to? Love to hear from you on WGR.